I hate his voice. To reflect who we are and what I we love hope him. to build. To reflect who we are. That starting today, our company mm. is now Meta. Game Boys. Oh, damn. Our mission remains the same. <laughs> it's still about bringing people together. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. And we are still the company that designs He's like a Jordan Peterson action us. figure. Hey, yeah, he's like if Jordan Peterson like was Today, left in the wash too many times. Yeah, and it was animated by two double A batteries. <laughs> Microsoft Connect. Xbox Connect. Imagine. I would love to connect. Oh, look at! Wow. Oh, that's the graphics, baby. Zuckerberg just stepped into the matrix. It has an incredibly inspiring view of whatever you find most beautiful. Wait, what? Hey, are you coming? Zuckerberg's yeah, home space is a is West like, is like the Westworld storage area. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Westworld jungle uh, house with like old like Roman armor and like weird robot flesh on the shelves that actually checks out pretty much <laughs> nothing about that is that weird <laughs> that's one of the least weird details so far this place is amazing boz that you of course it's me you know i had to be the robot man i was supposed to be the robot the fireplace whoa that fireplace i knew you were bluffing Hey, wait. Whoa. No. <laughs> yes, Phoebe Bridgers. Hey, should we deal you in? Sorry, I'm running late, but you He's just shifted again. There's an artist going around so Can I just spread robot poker? He stepped into the Matrix twice now. He entered the Matrix once, and then he entered a second Matrix within that Matrix. So we have two Matrixes confirmed. I love the movement. Wait, it's it's disappearing. This is amazing. Hold on. I'll this the artist sucks. I hate this so much. Privacy and safety need to be built into the metaverse from day one. You'll get to decide it's when you me, want to be Lerman. When you want to block someone from appearing in your space, or when you want to take a break and teleport to a private bubble to be alone. You're going to be able to bring things from the physical world into the metaverse. Almost any type Griffin, of media. This is like looking at hell. Photos, videos, art, music, movies, books, Whoa. games, you name it. And lots of things that are physical today, like screens. Whoa, AR. Be able to be holograms in the future. Pretty <laughs> street art? That's cool. I'm Mark Zuckerberg, a little goblin. And you'll be able to take your items and project them into the physical world as holograms. It's disappearing. It's disappearing. Wait, the met the metaverse, it's it's falling apart. Which is our Okay. God, that was some of the worst shit I've ever seen. I, I'd watched most of that before. That was part of the clip one because I did watch. That shit, it's like it's it's so frustrating. It's just like the most egregious example of the thing that I'd keep talking about where it's like we keep getting like the worst possible versions of the cool future that was sold to us when we were like nine. Mm -hmm. Like this yeah. is just like another one of those, like so unbearable. Yeah. Like it, it, infinite resources to accomplish anything. And we're doing, we're doing Farmville. Yeah. We're doing a uh, uh, VR poker and some AR street art. 
Yeah. I mean, there's so many striking things about this. Um, I'm, I'm a little insulted that they didn't change their name to Game Boys like we talked about the yeah. shareholders meeting. <laughs> Pretty fucked uh, up, frankly. We thought that was going to help do a lot of brand synergy for us. Um, they were like, you know. what we really need to do is name our company after a podcast that spends probably 20% of its time talking about how much our company sucks. But, but you know, they're selling ads now. Yeah, we're okay? making, that's true. They are selling ads. They're moving the anchor.fm info. They're moving fucking weight. They are. And, and record high listener averages. That's right. Bam, bam, bam. You know what? Facebook, we don't need you. We're coming okay? for you. We're doing, and if anything, we're coming for you. Uh, if not in this universe, but the next. Yeah, um, we'll be in the metaverse. Waiting under your poker table with fucking ARs ready to fucking pop <laughs> off. <laughs> huh, wait, weird. A window is broken in my home space. <laughs> oh, what? The light switch is not all working. <laughs> wait, <What's wrong? laughs> I didn't realize if you die in my home space, you die in real life. <laughs> huh. yes, that's right welcome. Zuckerberg <laughs> uh, welcome I've trapped you in my home space <laughs> he comes out with a jigsaw mask on a little tricycle <laughs> if you want to escape my home space you'll have to play a game <laughs> folks welcome to our home space it's Game Boys Game Boys a podcast about video games and other stuff I'm one of your hosts and my name is Lux and my name is Griffin Zuckerberg I had to legally change it to Davis, but I'm going from, I'm leaving undercover. I'm leaving the witness protection program. I am a bastard Zuckerberg. Yeah. And, if I, and I have a, and that, which means I have a blood right to this metaverse and can shift it away from my tyrannical father. a la some sort of warrior of light chosen one. Yeah. It's sort a of podcast. A, sort of a Jon Snow. <laughs> so, uh, so in a lot of ways, like a Jon Snow, um, but, you know, uh, a little bit uh, less stinky. Yeah, and a little bit more narratively coherent. <laughs> I, I, you guys are going to be happy with my third act. And we're joined, as always, by producer Haley, the the White Witch of the West. <laughs> cool. That's a cool name. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're breaking down the metaverse today. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, VR is something I've always hated. And Lux, how do you feel about VR? I like VR in theory. I just feel like no VR I've tried has really gotten it quite right. The best VR thing I've ever tried was a skydiving VR where you strapped in and you hung over a fan. Like oh. you hang by straps over a fan and you fall and it really feels like you're falling and like you are in 3D and it looks really cool. But like that's such a rigmarole and like any kind of home VR thing I've done like never quite gets it or like feels right. I like the idea. It seems like it'd be really fun. There's that like fantasy VR game that seems cool, but I just feel like if I play it, I just break everything in my house. All right. So you're largely ambivalent about it. I um, want it to be good, but I don't think it's good yet. I guess is where I'm at. There we go. Right. And I've always felt like, A, it makes me super nauseous. Um, it doesn't make me feel like I'm relaxing in the way that I feel like I can play other video games with just a controller in my head. Like putting on the physical set makes me feel like I'm doing an activity in a way that expends too much energy in a way that I, I don't like when I'm relaxing. Um, and then thirdly, it doesn't have an IP. It doesn't have the Mario, the Halo, the Ezio. Yeah, there's the, nothing to really sink your teeth into with IP. 
<laughs> or with there's VR nothing that you eyes. have to play. Nothing that you have to play in the game. Um, and for that reason, yeah, it's, uh, it's always been sort of a miss. Uh, and, and, but then, you know, we, we, I was thinking, is the Facebook metaverse a gaming topic? Why are we talking about this today on today's episode? And listener, smart ass who asked that, I'll tell you why. It's because to me, this whole Facebook metaverse thing is like gamifying the office, right? Like, yeah, it's well, like, oh, the, the Zoom call is like, too boring what if you had like skins and like microtransactions and like i don't, I don't know just well, things to fill like your time everything yeah and it's just like it's just ways to like digitally fill your time but it's like mixed with like the idea of work um because like largely like what how many jobs have said that like oh we're here at the office for way too many hours there's only like two to three hours of productivity a day and then we're just like sitting there checking our emails for three hours and it's like yeah that largely is true so what if instead you had to play a work video game what if instead you wear a big heavy helmet and pretend (laughs) you were in outer space Yeah. Like what if you had to invest into something that was a little bit more uh, engaging? Like what if what if being at work was a little bit more gamified? Well, this raises a question for me, Griffin. There is a question for you from me, which is you said that VR has no IP. Is Facebook VR's Mario? Oh, that's the ultimate question, right? And is Zuckerberg you know, the mascot. And let's talk about that first. Before we get into any specifics about this metaverse, why does this guy think that he should be the mascot? Yeah. I I get that he invented it, but he has so much money now to hire literally, like literally hire Oscar Isaac to do this. Just hire Chris Pratt like everyone else is for everything. (laughs) Just get Chris mm -hmm. Pratt to do it. Like, He's like the which, least- which also I have a theory about if you want to hear it. Uh, yeah, let's say that for later. But I do want to get to it. Um, he's I, like big the Chris Pratt theory. Fucking awesome because I'm confused about him. Um, he's like, but, but Mark Zuckerberg is like the least charismatic, most generic, strangest sounding man. He cannot even like muster up like va- like I'm reading a fantasy novel right now where there's these people who look human, but they don't have human emotions and they're very mm-hmm. like a big problem. And their whole thing is that they've been around for a thousand years. So they can kind of fake it. But like Zuckerberg right. can't even fake it. Like, yeah. And he doesn't and he sound like a have person. To. <laughs> he shouldn't ha- and, and he shouldn't have to. He should be allowed to be a floating head in a tank that's like orbiting like a button, a toxic vat. Like, like that's what he should be doing. Like he should be living his true self and not like being this awkward cheerleader in face of the company. Um, I would also just say, though, it's like Zuckerberg has had a sort of an interesting sort of transition to being rich and famous because like all these Silicon Valley freaks, like when if you Google like Elon Musk or any of these guys, what they looked like 20 to 30 years ago, they all looked like fucking lab rats that had like escaped their cages. And then like they got the hair plugs and they got the the, the lifts and the tucks and the nips. Um, so many nips. To where they look like just like kind of an average guy. Um, but Zuckerberg has like somehow just continued to like sculpt his body down to be like more lizard like and more foreign. And like like there's like no one who would go in and be like, this is the look of a human. Well, the thing with Zuckerberg is that 
in like when you like plot data, there's very rarely ever a data point that lands at the average, right? Like the average being like you take the sum total of everything and divide by the total number there is, right? There's not usually a data point at the average. Like the average is kind of a made up place, right? And like that's what Mark Zuckerberg looks like. He doesn't look like a person. He looks like an exactly like if you took everyone on Earth, jammed them together, and divided by eight billion, like you'd get a Mark Zuckerberg. Like he's there's no defining traits. There's no like anything about him. Um, but that's the kind of person that shouldn't exist because of like he's, math. Yeah, he's like he's like base character creator. Like before there's any right. Like before feature you, added. Yeah, he's the he's the blank slate that you like give a cool scar and like a blue eyes and a cigarette and a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to draw on him. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh. So that's that's always fascinated me, and I guess it just means that to some extent these are all still like passion projects for these people which to me makes them way more dangerous like they still like have some like thing they want to achieve and that scares me well i think it's like i think it's like zuckerberg and these guys like they have these grand aspirations of the sci-fi future but like it's all super tainted by like their view of what success and good and like good outcomes are and so they're making these like horrible messed up vr worlds or like Tesla outer space shit that is like so missing the point of like why outer space was supposed to be a cool or why VR was like a cool idea. And they're just like acting out the part in this way that is so bad and boring and empty. Like, you know, it's it, like you look at Zuckerberg and he's just like a nothing guy. And then you look at the metaverse and just like a nothing VR space. Like none of it really has any kind of defining anything. Well, sure. Yeah. All that stuff sucks. But specifically the point of like, why does he like you don't see like freaking George Soros come out and be like, hi, here's what we're doing today. Like George Soros Soros is very old. (laughs) Yeah. Did he used to do a lot of to camera bits? Well, I I think he kind of predates that. Your point makes sense. Uh, Like, like you don't have sort of these kind of more behind the scenes operators come out. And then, like, it turned into memes about, like, Mark Zuckerberg, such a blank slate, you could body paint him. Like, mm-hmm. you don't but have bitch, those yeah. bits with with Soros or with, like, the Koch brothers or something. Like, instead, you mm-hmm. put these guys, these Silicon Valley guys, like, want to be the face of their weird revolution, but their revolution is, like, deeply empty and nothing. And so are they. And it's, like, a horrible aesthetic wasteland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can be a fun robot. And that's what we saw in these videos. Uh, yeah, a robot that we were with one of those on. little visors. <laughs> Uh, so my, my first thing is like, we, we mentioned the home space now, now if I'm at my home, why do I want to go into a virtual version of my home? I'm already there. Well, that's, I think what maybe is, like a animal crossing thing, right? Where like you can make your own custom home space, Mara, make your own. Right. So it's like, Oh, so it's like, Oh, I live in a shitty closet in some sort of ready player one type trailer yard, but I can, right. I can go. I can live in my Westworld house online. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, again, to to draw a parallel with the Musk space thing. It's like, it's these guys who are, like, looking at the world, and, like, they're not dumb enough to be like, everything's fine. Like, they know shit is fucked up, but their solution is, like, find ways to retreat from how fucked up it is rather than unfucking it, Uh, Mm -hmm. even though both are well within their power. And so they're like, well, we fucked up the Earth by, like, destroying it with pollution and, like, uh, capitalism. So what if we go to space? Or what if we all live on the Internet? And it's like, what if we just unfuck everything, maybe? And they're like, no, 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 no. That's silly. (laughs) 
Who let you in here? Um, That's yeah, what they say to know. me every time I show up at the meetings. They say, who let you in? Get out of here. Yeah, you're so good at sneaking in there. I mean, you I, just do it for the love of the game. I'm good love at getting through sneak. windows. <laughs> you leave a window open, I'm coming in there. <laughs> uh, you should be the next Burger King. I'm working. I mean, Sneak King is like my biggest inspiration. I have, I have, a, I have a vision board and there's little <laughs> pictures of me with arrows and they all lead to the Sneak King. Hey, BK is back, baby. Uh, they got a spicy chicken sandwich now and it's not half bad. The Impossible Whopper is pretty good. Oh, I haven't tried that. Yeah, it's good. It's solid. I get it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a note. Why don't we call it Possible Burger? Maybe more people will attempt it. <laughs> yeah, too many people pull up to the BK drive through and go, Impossible Whopper? I don't think I can handle that. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> not what? everyone's ready for that challenge. It's way outside. I'm not leveled up enough for the Impossible Whopper. I'm way, my XP yeah. too low. Exactly. You set a high level requirement. People aren't going to sign up. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, it's something to work for. Anyways. You know, so like there's the home space. Okay, I get that. But then Zuck, he transports to this robot poker room. Um, and uh, he's like, I guess this is like where you're supposed to be like just hanging out with friends, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like it's it got a robot here. We got a lady playing poker. They're, they're all kind of just like fanning poker out into the air. And it's like very cinematic in a way where it's like it wouldn't really show how any of this actually functions. Like no real quote-unquote gameplay right like i don't think if i'm playing metaverse poker with like you and some of the pack friends that i'm gonna be able to like like this that i'm gonna like vr float over your head and be like i knew you were bluffing and then show off my three aces like yeah that's not a real thing that i'll get to do uh, yeah i really i mean listen if i can air float over your head and show and show my cards then we're talking about functionalities unbeknownst yeah like so far beyond any vr (laughs) shit that exists now like also just to go back to the video this was the part with my favorite bit of zuckerberg acting and by that i mean the worst because he goes oh it's in space that's so cool it's like (laughs) it's like you paid for this you've you've been doing what do you mean like you did it you mean it's not like they're surprising you we all know you vetted all of this yeah and it's just like uh i don't know like for if 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 the technology to float around with your buddies in a room existed and was like flawless, then I could see people being into that. But I don't see any of the like tech infrastructure to make any of this anywhere close to possible for like ten years. Well, there's like shit five that, to there's ten years you at can least. Do stuff like that, but you requires like a full body harness and like bungee stuff right. like like you need all this well, physical equipment for it to track you over that kind of space and it's like i can't put that in my room yeah but i mean i i assume that eventually one day technology will allow all sorts of stuff like that but i'm but i'm being i'm being gracious like i'm being you know i'm being kind of helping them out by saying five to ten years this is like super advanced stuff and i guess my big question when i'm saying all this is like obviously the take isn't just oh this stuff is super hard to do but like why are you changing your whole company to this? Well, and to be all about this when it's just not ready at all. If, if your contention is that what you want to do is that like Facebook is is transitioning to those older generations, losing young people, what you want is like a younger, more like active user base. 
then like right. and the the contention is to get that you create like a like a whole a fake world they can live in where you can go mm-hmm. and like go from physical place to physical place I think that's dog shit but like at least that makes sense but then like make your ad a version of that that I could imagine having access to before I'm 40 like exactly right it's like what are, who is this who is this for it's for some future generation that's like I'm not even really the zoomers like yeah. it's like when the zoomers have kids this is what their social media could be yeah so I'm like and like so I'm like you're literally just changing the name right now because like for a long time Facebook is going to continue to just be a place where people yell at each other and most people don't use anymore um, and like also speaking of that do you really think that putting people in space is going to make them stop screaming slurs at each other on Facebook like well, I mean, in a weird way, yes, because like, you know, just posting, it ha- there's a distance to it. But like you you wouldn't say the same thing on a video chat that you might say on a post, on a text, you know, and then you might not say something even a video chat that you would say in real life. But there's there's levels to this shit. Yeah, maybe. You know? But I think that if you're like you're in skins and you can be kind of anon that way, you'd get people like dressed up as like the Joker yelling the N word during your poker game for sure. Oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah, that that that, that comes right out of the box. Yeah. yeah like that, that kind of shit feels inevitable to me. Mm hmm. Um, so all that stuff was that that my big question about that was just like this is just all of this is bizarre because no no one has this technology no one likes this technology and like the big business model of facebook has always been free mm-hmm. it's free you never paid for a facebook account that's why everyone has one before they're born like and if you now are switching to the thing where someone has to what invest like what two hundred dollars maybe more like bare ass minimum two hundred dollars like probably substantially more than that like like to to like access the future of the content like tiktok is also free everyone has a cell phone so it's just it's just until any kind of vr is free it's it's just like what are we doing here you're that's not going to compete with any of these free services i mean i wonder if the bet they're making and this is purely speculative based on literally nothing but like i wonder if the bet they're making is that like phones will get to a point where you can do a sort of thing where you can put your phone in a special eyeball holder and like enter these rooms in that way and that like it's not going to be as good as if you're on the helmet and like the um, special eyeball you know they they used to make those shits for like when ar was like the first like the first (laughs) ar wave they had those things where like it was like a goggles you'd slide your phone into and then you visor thing you like a visor thing and you put your phone in there and you look through the phone and it would ar eyeball holder sorry you you called it an an eyeball holder sorry you know one i can't always be using all 800 words of my vocabulary at all times. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like a visor. And I wonder if that's the bet they're making that like there will be a free Facebook metaverse app for your phone that lets you just slide into your visor and like be in AR for a while. Um, that still sounds shitty to me, but like maybe that's part of the gamble. Cause you're right that like it's impossible to imagine a world where 
the barrier to social media entry is 300 bucks and it's a successful social media framework. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then the, the most, I I think like the sort of subtle thing about the thing that I wanted to point out, and I don't know if you noticed this Lux, because there was a lot of chaos happening (laughs) by the end of this video. And there was a lot, a lot of chaotic things going on, but I wanted to zero in on the part that I thought was most insidious um, and evil. And that was this art portion at the end, this AR art portion, because they're like, oh, some artist in the city is putting up AR art and they pull it from the city into outer space their outer space room yeah and they're like swimming around the art like it's 3d and they're like oh pretty cool and then they're like oh wait the art is fading and then one of them is like just pay the artist a token and the and the art will refresh and they pay the artist a little thing and then the art refreshes and it's like oh no here we go. Yeah, there's a lot there that I don't like. Um, oh, no. I remember the first AR art surge. Do you remember that? Uh, no. Like in like uh, 2013, 2014, when like sculptures would always have them go. No, like even predating that, in like 2013, 2014, there were like all these sculptures that would have like an AR element. And if you got like the museum app on your phone, you could look through your phone and see like a crazy digital design overlaid on the sculpture. Um, Whoa. And those are kind of fun, but kind of silly. And then this just takes that so much further into this weird zone of like, you can, you scan this art and then you can like look at it for until like a predetermined time runs out and you pay for it. And like limiting access to art that way and making like Facebook, the sort of people you pay to get to look at people's work, like is very fucked up and weird and uncomfortable. Like, you know. I'll pay a dollar to like Dia Beacon, you know, like some weird art museum in New York to like get access to their AR app to look at some like 10 sculptures or something. But having Facebook just arbitrate that seems so fucking shitty and messed up. Yeah. And like, let's think about this way. It's like, oh, oh, damn. It's like uh, every like when you used to post something on Facebook like a video or something like that, it was free to like post and it was also like free to watch, you know. But now it's like, oh, Facebook is taking a cut to even host this stuff. And it's like all the content is sort of being commodified. Whereas like originally just used to be about like stealing our information. Now they're like, oh, and also we're going to take a cut from the money, from the eyeballs, from the art. Eventually it's going to be like posts that are like P is stored in the balls. The picture of like Link riding on Mario's back and it'll be like pay one thirty dollar token to continue to watch this meme. And you just be like, well, how have 50,000 people done this? Yeah. And be like, wow, they made a million dollars off of this meme just in tokens. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, I don't know. Maybe there will be a, a deep Luddite renaissance back to like physical painting or something. Because all this stuff just seems really, really bleak. And and I don't know. There's always a consumerism to art, I guess. And there, no matter what day and age art was made in, you can trace some sort of thing back to it. But it does seem like it keeps on getting put in a tighter and tighter barrel. Um, well, it also feels like more and more. And this is, again, speculative, sort of speculative, but like it feels more and more that people who aren't involved with the creation or distribution of the art are claiming ownership of it through like digital means more and more often. Which is right. very weird and to me bad. Totally. 
the uh, the gallery is the artist. Yeah, and then the art and the gallery is also apparently Facebook's metaverse tokens. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's totally and, fucking bonkers in that respect. The, the the gallery is in outer space, and it's so cool. Yeah, and Mark Zuckerberg's there, and he's saying, "Hey, today, if you'd like to take a look, we've got a saison." Man, uh, well, yeah, he's, Zuckerberg should clone himself like Agent Smith throughout the metaverse, dude. I bet just warp into him. I you bet know? there will be. I bet there will be hundreds of Zucks. He is the blankness of like an agent at this point, right? Of just like code. Totally. He does. He does have that vibe of like a hello, Mr. Anderson. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Would you like to see my space poker? <laughs> He's like one face warp away from being an old black lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, that's kind of the Facebook metaverse Lux. Unless you had any final takes. No, the, I mean, the only other take, I guess, is just like another thing, which is that Microsoft is like, oh, yes, Microsoft is taking a much more conservative swing at this, which I know I, now I, this is more respectable. I then no, I think so. It makes a lot more sense. They're doing this whole thing where it's like Microsoft Teams now can be VR where you hang out in a room to have a meeting in virtual space. You can also do it with your friends. And it's like this kind of thing, but it's not presenting like what if the whole world met in this virtual universe, but it is Mm -hmm. becoming a trend where it's like people like they really, really want to physicalize digital space in this way that is like grotesque and weird. And then Microsoft has just jumped on board this train as well and presumably will start getting this shit from like Google and like Apple or something soon. Like, yeah, but but it's not like, you know, it's not like Microsoft changed its name to like Alpha or something like that. Like, it's like it it opened a wing of its business over to it. But like Facebook is like, this is actually our whole new thing now. Well, Facebook's (laughs) doing the thing where because I this is remember, I have an idiot's understanding of business. But as far as I understand it, Facebook is both the big company that owns Facebook, the website and is also Facebook, the website. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, the website is still Facebook, the website, but Facebook, the big company is going to become meta. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's not like we're all going to be like gone on to www.metaverse.com or whatever to like, go check posts from like Aunt Jeannie's racist boyfriend. But mm-hmm. like they are, they're sort of doing the inverse of what Microsoft's doing, right? Like you said, like Microsoft's adding a wing to their company. Microsoft or Facebook is taking what was their kind of central wing, making it its own mm-hmm. thing and dedicating the rest of its resources to the metaverse. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, maybe we can go in uh, there and steal some hearts. A little Persona 5 joke. Oh, yeah. We could change some freaking ma- hearts and minds in the metaverse because we certainly we certainly failed to change any hearts and minds in the real world. Didn't we, Lux? Yeah, so far not going great. Although I don't know what the election returns are in Austin yet. But once I do, I'll have a reaction. Well, speaking of hearts and minds, let's go into one of our favorite segments of the week. We're doing Blizz Watch. Uh, some, I got some Blizz news for you, Lux. Oh, I have some Blizz news. I wonder if we have the same Blizz news. All right, let's say at the same exact time. One, one two, two, three. three. All the games Overwatch are delayed. Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are delayed into 2023. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, GG's on Overwatch 2. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess for both of those games. Uh, I, I, games where like multiple leads have left. 
Yeah, um, I almost think I have a weird take on this, which is that I think that this is a good thing for Diablo and a bad thing for Overwatch. Hmm. Um, I think that Overwatch 2 being delayed, the longer Overwatch 2 is delayed, the more things can slide into the Overwatch space and be the new Overwatch. And like it's already happened and it's just happening more and more over time. And like by the time Overwatch 2 comes out, I think there's going to be a big sort of people being like, I don't give a shit about this. Like surge. Whereas Diablo 4, like several games have tried to do Diablo, but they just cannot do it as well as Blizzard has done Diablo. Like there's just like nothing's lived up to it. And I think Diablo 4 getting time to like be fixed and getting time to have distance, like the more distance Diablo 4 has from like the past six months of Blizzard news, the more likely it is that people like me who are like, man, I fucking hate Blizzard right now. will like get over it and be like, mm, I do want to chop up an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Diablo 4 is a game that could come out literally at any moment. Like it does not matter. Doesn't yeah. matter if it comes out two or three years from now. Not a big deal. And when it comes out, I think people and I, I just think that like the more time Blizzard has to sort of obviously like they should be punished heavily for all the terrible things. But like the more time those punishments have to like sink in and they have to like PR their way around those things and like just cool off the situation, the better it will be for like the Diablo 4 release. Whereas like the longer wait for Overwatch is going to hurt it, even in ways that have nothing to do with like the Blizzard problems. Honestly, if Blizzard put me in in their office, well, I wouldn't work for them right now because you know that I don't. I, I just I can't I can't deal with that kind of bad publicity, you know. But yeah, the, 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 uh, the toxic culture is fine, but the publicity would be devastating. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, they're, they're, I, I can't be shredding documents, you know. I just listen. I've been there. I can't do that again. Yeah, it's um, hard to watch all those documents turn to dust. It sucks. It's just hard I mean, to see. It is fun. It's fun, but then people get mad at you later for doing it. And it's like, like you're shredding too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Overwatch 2, though, you guys put me in there. I'll have that game out in six months. But here's the thing. It's going to be free. It's not going to have any of these PVE bullshit. And we're going to instantly transition into a battle pass system while also having a more focused narrative with seasonal and like monthly story events. Easy mode. You start making money. You stop making this stupid fucking version of the game that nobody wants. It's so easy, Lux. It does sound better. I love than- Overwatch. What are they doing? Yeah, it does sound better than what I've heard from so them. So much money on the table for what? For nothing. It's stupid. Yeah, I I'm mean, so it, feels, it feels like Overwatch is this funny thing where they were like, we did it. We invented the team shooter fucking game. They did. Game of all time. And then a bunch of other people were like, we also have one. And they were like, no, we're going to reinvent it because we're the specialists. And we need everyone to remind us that we're the good special team who made Overwatch. And so they're trying to do this like crazy weird thing to like redo it. And it's like, no, like. Just do it better. That's been the whole thing is you just, it's the people who do it better. It's not the people who like in like it's so rarely oh, no. is it the first game of a genre that becomes the big deal within the genre. Right. Like, you know, Dune 2 was like the first like classically modern RTS, but it's not the big one. The big ones are like Command and Conquer or Warcraft 2, whatever. Like it's never the first one. It's always the best one. And it's like they're focused on being the first so much that they're like losing track of being the base. Well, and that goes to them wanting to 
keep what they think is innovating, but what actually is behind on the times, because the real innovation would be go with the flow, do the battle pass system, have a healthy online game, make money through the battle pass systems of like every two months, people resubscribe to your live game service. Then you have the money and income to continue making content. And then you can go from there. But it's like they wanted to just keep on playing in this old this old pattern of business where people would like buy a full video game every two to four years and not spend any money in between that. And you're com- just competing with just Goliaths that are just raking in monthly cash. And it's just like these old dinosaurs just are so they're just being really stubborn with their business model. Yeah. And it's just like, like master the mechanics, make the game fun to play. And like, it'll, you'll be fine. But the, ga- the game is fun to play. They don't have to do anything else. It's like, just guys, just get me in there. I don't get me in there, but get me in there. Hire a meet Dave, hire an Eddie Murphy that's piloted remotely by Griffin so that Eddie Murphy takes the PR hit, but Griffin can give you the good advice. I just, uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of the evil people at Blizzard, but I do love to f- to fix a, a sinking ship, you know. Yeah, and you love Overwatch, and that's part of the thing, right? That's the part that, of the frustration. I love Overwatch. The frustration with Blizzard that's what is it really that like is. Overwatch is a game a lot of people like. Diablo is a game a lot of people like, myself included. Uh, fucking Warcraft. I probably put like eight hundred hours into Overwatch. That's so much time. Yeah, I mean, I just just I've beaten every Diablo game, including all the expansions with every class. Like I've played a lot of Diablo stuff. Like. There are these games that just, like, you get people who will just play them eternally, and you just have to, like, make them good and put them out. And, like, they are so behind the times in terms of what that looks like for Overwatch. Like, at least Diablo, they seem to be, like, kind of... I mean, Diablo's on, like, a much slower curve in terms of, like, like type of game release stuff. Like, it's a single-player game that has a multiplayer option. Um, They've Mm -hmm. done pretty well with that. Whereas, like, they're just not really catching up to, like, what pure multiplayer looks like in 2021. I would also say uh, that, like, we can look at Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 as, like, a really clear market example of this particular failure of, like, a race. Like, if you have Destiny 1 and then they go, oh, as opposed to just adding and adding and stacking more and more layers of content onto that base game, why don't we just delete all of that work with the sequel transition every active player off of all that content so it's not accessible anymore and restart again and and also it's still a live game service game and it's like that didn't make any sense and it was a colossal failure and a bunch of resources were wasted and so now it's destiny 2 forever they're never going to make destiny 3 it's just going to always be called destiny 2 and and, and you know they should have never made that mistake to begin with right i mean i guess an example of doing this right is kind of final fantasy 14 where they aren't they're just layering expansions on top of it and you can keep going and the expansions have like graphics upgrades and like mechanic upgrades and and story expansions and all that and they just keep piling them on over and over and over again and so like you don't lose the old stuff and people can start at the beginning and work their way through it and then it's not complicated it's not complicated and the base game was perfect the base game was perfect just keep going and instead it was just all this fucked up shit 
Um, I mean, this yeah. has been Blizzard's now, thing for if, a while. It's like they love to make sequels. If you go to if you go to Overwatch right now as a new player, you will have a terrible, terrible experience. No one is playing the game. Everyone that you queue against will have like 500 hours in the game and you'll just get wrecked. Um, I mean, that was true. And everyone it, had 10 hours in the game for me, but that's just a me problem. It's just sad. It's just sad that something that was such a such a like a, a lovely space in the shooter realm because it was, you know, a team shooter. It wasn't about who could be the number one, the best you had to work together. Yeah, it was one of the, um, te- one, it was one of the, like it was the team shooter. At least when I played it, that was like most aware of team dynamics and like how to build a team and the role of like team and communication in, in doing it. Um, and it sucks that it's sort of just like, like, I mean, apex and, and Warzone have a little bit of that, but like not nearly the same because I mean, Five is just so much more complicated a number than three in terms of like composing a team. And there's so many different variations of like ways to approach the game and who does mm-hmm. what and how. Um, and it sucks that like it does seem to be kind of falling apart, especially when they put so much money into like the league. And like the Overwatch League made so much sense because like because of how complicated that five person lineup can be. And like because of how many different approaches there can be. But like if they're not going to put the money in to keep like making the game evolve and evolve and evolve and evolve and like what was the point of paying a bajillion dollars to like make a bunch of new teams mm-hmm. and it's it's also interesting because it's like in all in all of blizzard's games their uh, big thing has just been like they never figure out how to balance all of the characters and so they were always struggling with like how do we balance the professional league players with like the basic normal players and they just had so many issues but they they had struck so much gold at the same time that I, I don't know i just whenever i hear about it it just makes me sad it makes me sad that uh it, there's really no version of the game that i can play right now that's like the game i used to play back in 2016 yeah, no, it is pretty. Because I remember, I remember when Overwatch first came out, like you and me and Burf would just like switch off playing individual games in your apartment, mm-hmm. and it was like super fun. Yeah, and there's like no getting back to that from like what the game has turned into. Simpler times, simpler well, times, bl- better times. <laughs> that was Blizzwatch. Uh, what else? Had, what else is going on this uh, week? Elden Logs? Ring also delayed. No, really. Yeah, Elden Ring got delayed because they're doing uh they're doing strategic and gameplay like depth upgrades. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that nice. means, I I like that. Yeah, um, I mean, like I'll take it if the if the game comes out super fucking good. I don't give a shit. If it comes out kind of janky, it's like, why did you do this delay to like improve everything? If it's just gonna be janked out. No, I think this is the right decision. I literally could. I have so many games I could be playing. It's just like I don't. And you know, with Dark Souls, like I could literally just be like, you know what? Maybe I'll replay Dark Souls two again. You know, it's just like <laughs> I I could just. They have made enough art for me to like wait a while. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I give them. The benefit, I, don't, I don't even play all their games. I give them the benefit of the doubt because everything they do is like very clearly good. And honestly, every other week, I'm like, damn, I could just play Sekiro again. Yeah. So it's it's just like, uh, I, guys, take your time. In fact, don't you're rushing yourselves. You take there's a break. A, there's some other Luxiverse gaming news, which is that uh. Sega and Xbox and Atlas appear to have like come to some sort of agreement. No one's totally clear what it means, but the theory is that it's quite possible that Persona 6 might be an Xbox or Game Pass exclusive. No. That's not 100% confirmed, but that is the theory floating around, baby. That would be the biggest fuck up Sony's ever done. 
Yeah, well, I mean, fucking Atlas just seems to, like, bounce between <laughs> distributors. Because, like, fucking Persona 4 and, or, like, no, like, Shin Megami Tensei 4 was on the 3DS. Like, mm-hmm. like it just seems like they just cannot find, like, a, like they just cannot commit to a home. <laughs> They're just Damn. always moving around. Oh, like, man, SMT 5 is going to be on the Switch, even though SMT, you know. Yeah, I had questions about that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it seems like it's for such a incredible series like how has no one locked them down i don't know because smt3 was on the playstation smt4 was on the ds 3ds smt5 is on the switch mm. persona has been on the playstation the whole time i think like yeah. it just seems like they're just all over the place and it's just like seems to be only increasing how like weird i mean part of it's like i guess sega owns atlas and sega's bouncing around a lot mm-hmm. um but either way None of that makes me any less insanely excited for 11 days from now, 10 days from now, when Shin Megami Tensei 5 drops. That'll be sick. I'm so hyped. Really going to try and do the, we're going to do the all day stream release day. Oh, uh, on on release day? November 12th, me and Forrest, 12 hours, 12 to 12, baby. 12 to 12 on November 12th. Hopefully we'll have wireless guests (laughs) that you can come hang out for a little bit. Yeah, so the, well, that'll be 10 a.m. For, for me when you yeah, start. Yeah, 10 to 10 on your end. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'd be down. Took the, day off from, that out. took the day off from work. I said, hey, that work, definitely be- do you mind if I don't come <laughs> in? They said, why? And I said, I'd rather not say. <laughs> can you, you can't find any way to make a video about that. Um, I probably can, but I have to play it first. Right. Um, but yeah, it looks so good. Have you been? They've been doing these like demon of the day releases for like a hundred something mm-hmm. days, and all of the fucking sprites look so sick. Everything yeah. looks awesome. It like it's a really good return to form from like four was this weird went back to first person like samurai dungeon crawler thing, and like the Persona games are fun, but they're like they aren't like post apocalypse weirdness. Five seems like really cl- like. It, the line from Nocturne to 5 makes a lot of sense in a way that Nocturne to 4 or 4 to 5 doesn't really. Which is exciting to me because Nocturne's like my favorite. I Yeah, you've lost me, but I'm excited about it too. I will say this does seem like a game that would be sick as hell to play on the Switch OLED. Um, yeah, get them like, bright colors. I, I played with an OLED recently uh, and I was... Very impressed. I have to say, Lux. Um, the screen is much bigger and much brighter. Is it really? Yes. It's like honestly, I had my little greedy little gears grinding in my head after after looking at that. Uh, because uh, you know, I never, you know, it's like I'm holding the switch right here. Mm-hmm. So we know how like after the screen ends and then there's all this black. Yeah. All there's the a whole way ass, here. A whole ass rim. So in the OLED, the screen goes to like the edge. Oh, like those cool TVs like, that I like. It goes like almost to the edge all the way around, which is like a lot bigger. Yeah, I know. That's like a, that's a solid like 10% size increase or something. That's a big change. I, it's a big change and it's brighter too. Um, and it's like the same size, but it looks like it's bigger just because the screen is bigger. Um, and I was like, damn, like, you know, I've been watching footage and I'm like, is this, is Shin Megami Tensei really going to look that good on the Switch? Like, that bad boy's going in the dock. We'll have to really see. We'll have to really, really see how that's, how well, that, how that looks. I'll say this. I played Nocturne on the Switch, both dock and handheld, and I enjoyed it both in both. And, yeah. Like, this really does, like, it basically just looks like plus up Nocturne. Like, it's back to, like, third person, 
you're a 3D little guy running around, running into demons, saying like, hey, join my team. And they're like, eh, fuck you. Give me a dollar. And you give them a dollar and they're like, ha fooled you, idiot. And then they leave. But the battle stuff did look very cinematic. So I don't know. Yeah, it is, uh, it is a lot more colorful and a lot more like a lot more camera action in the cinematic in the in the battle stuff than the Nocturne for sure. Um, yeah, that looks like one of the big changes that and like, man, just like the character detail looks the uh, that new trailer, the World and Ruin trailer, like dropped a couple days ago. And oh, damn, I didn't, I'll have to check that out. So sick. I loved it. It got me. That's why I'm talking about it so much. Nice. I watched that in the car today and I got real hype. In the car on the way back from getting some fuck. Nice. That'll definitely be a game that you blow through way before I have time to finish. Because, baby, I'm still grinding through Final Fantasy. I just beat well, Stormblood. I got one more expansion and I got 18 days till Endwalker. <laughs> yeah. The question for us and I have to get through is, am I allowed to play the game not on the stream? <laughs> oh, that's tough. You know, that's the streamer's dilemma. Now you're welcome to streamer life where you're like, damn, I really would just like to like keep playing the game. <laughs> like, Forrest, what but if we like, start doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday streams <laughs> for until I finish this game? Yeah, you're going to have to. Can't do no, Sunday because no, that's not, the double Final Fantasy day. But that's literally the only way to succeed at streaming is to quit everything else you do and just do that. That's yeah. pretty much the, the trick to becoming a streamer. Um, well, that's interesting. We'll have to keep our eyes on the horizon for that one and be very excited. I wanted to keep, uh, as we're talking about g- gamer radar, um, there's a little game I want to put on the table. You know, I feel like as a investigative journalistic gamer, I, you know, I should report on this. Uh, Writers Republic released this weekend and seemed slightly interesting to me. Yeah, you uh, you DM'd um, me about it and I did a little bit of Googling. Yeah, so essentially what this game is, if, if you haven't seen it, audience, it's, um, it's basically like an extreme sports sort of like rocket power open world sandbox that's also online with a bunch of other players uh you can switch from mountain biking to snowboarding to like rocket boosting around the world uh and like hang gliding and stuff there's a bunch of extreme sports um and you can like upgrade your gear and your gear has stats and it, it it's it's people who it, it looks like a game that's like simultaneously really bland but like looks just kind of like if you were just playing it that you'd have fun yeah i mean it looks good to me it looks very interesting like it 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 looks this is the thing is like i think i think this is an exciting signal i don't know if this game itself is like the sort of messianic image of this idea but like I'm excited for uh, these these kind of games that let's go ahead put it these kind of ga- like using the MMO framework using the sandbox framework to do other stuff like mm-hmm. to do stuff that isn't the the same stuff Col- that we've the collectathon yeah right. that isn't the collectathon that isn't the like monster hunting or whatever like to do new things whether that's fucking yeah. skateboarding or like running a boat and like barrow or like sea of thieves or whatever like. <laughs> expanding out the idea of what you can do in those spaces. And I know this kind of almost goes back to the metaverse shit, but it's like, that's the way I want to expand. Like my digital zone is like finding new ways to play around in that space. And so Riders Mm. Republic is really exciting to me because it's a, like, I like the idea of like being able to do like a 360 flip on a bike in front of my friends and then be like, eh, eat a dick. I'm the best. 
Um, right. Way more than yeah. I like the idea of like check out my cool broadsword of death grips. Or or that but I'm interested in both experiences. And so far, it's only easy to do the sword one. Yeah. Um, and like for instance, like a big big missed opportunity occurred around Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two re-release. I can't tell you how many people were hype about that game. Everyone on the internet, even like non-gamers who don't play that many games, heard that the, new, the Tony Hawk originals were coming back out again, that everyone had played when they were kids, and they wanted to check them out again. And then everyone got the game, and the online fucking sucked. You couldn't group up with friends. You couldn't like create little parks or play together. You had to queue into these like random queues and like always be against each other. It was just terrible. It was totally totally bare bones and not fun at all and it was like wow like what if they'd spent time on that like what like then i fucked you know, a fuck ton of people would have invested long term into playing that game right and so like this is like an opportunity to do that yeah because like the thing is that mmos are cool people love them but like they appeal to a very specific slice of gamerdom it's a big slice it's a big slice that's going to spend a lot of money which is great for developers or whatever but like it doesn't include the vast majority of people who play video games. And expanding the definition of what an MMO is and what online gaming is to include a lot more of those people is going to A, make a lot more money for everyone, and B, lead to a lot more interesting developments in gaming generally, which is exciting yeah. to me because that's always what I look for is like cool, exciting innovations to like the art form itself. Yeah, because it's like, I, f- I guess I feel also similarly about like Halo Infinite, where it's like, yeah, I-, I guess some people could like goof on it that everything is becoming like a Ubisoft open world sandbox thing. But it's like, well, I haven't seen Halo do this yet. I haven't seen an extreme sports game do this yet. Uh, and let's see what it's like. Yeah, no, it's you it's know? very exciting. It's like, you know, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I really like the idea of of all this new kind of game stuff happening. Um, and like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play this game that much or if I'm even going to play it at all or if I'd like it at all, but like just the idea that like new things are happening is very cool to me. I'll play it and I'll tell you if it, if it's worth checking out. Okay. Um, put it on the damn uh, PlayStation and I'll check it out. Uh, It'd be, it's like a game where it's like, it's a game where I'm like, I I wish it was free so that I could like. And there was just microtransactions. I, dude, I'm starting to become so pro microtransaction. You it's gotta unreal. watch yourself, dog. <laughs> you're like, hold, you're like, like holding the evil businessman sunglasses. Like you're ready to put them on and be like, yeah, it's 99 cents if you want to hear the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I just like it's like uh, it just it just like uh, yeah, we've seen all sorts of ways that it could go wrong. But like, unless you, if you're not, if you're an adult about it and you just like have reasonable, a reasonable store that doesn't like make pay to play, but just like creates a s- cosmetics, then it's like, yeah, who, who's, who are we really hurting here? Rich people? Yeah. Or a uh, poor kid or poor parents with uh, f- precocious children. And I'd love to see some statistics on that. I love, you know, cause there's all these kids named like Dervin. Who steal their parents' credit card and buy 900 skins. I know, but, like, isn't that uh, ultimately refundable if it's, like, a giant purchase all at once? Probably. I have no idea. I don't know what what Durvin's up to, dude. At the end of the day, if you're letting... If you have a kid named Durvin and you're letting them use your phone and bank account, well, then maybe you deserve to learn a $900 lesson. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe it's time for you to, you know, get some, get a drop a truth bomb on yourself that you should have named your kid Durvin like an idiot. 
Yeah. Maybe you're deserving. Yeah, you're deserving Durbin. That's the truth. Anyways, my brain's falling apart. Yeah, and I have to pee. So let's say this is a good time to end the episode. I think that was good. I thought it was an okay one. That was a good episode. I had a lot of fun. It's time. <laughs> we don't need to do the post more while we're still recording. So, oh, okay. Um, now the glasses are on. It's business time. Um, that was a fun episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, there's a lot of ways you can do that. One of them is check out our incredible producer Haley on Instagram and YouTube at Eat Every Sound. You can check out Griffin on TikTok and Twitter at Griffin P Davis, and on Twitch streaming at Twitch.tv/ChoomRoom. You can also check out the newest video Griffin made on YouTube and on Twitter. The movies are yeah, back. We'll, we'll simplify. We'll, 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 let's cut all the links down and we'll just do YouTube.com from now on. You just want me to tell them to go to YouTube.com? Yeah. Okay, so you can find Griffin on YouTube.com. Um, yep. Me, you can find on Twitter <laughs> at Tailboy, uh, T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. And you can find me streaming every 8.30 on Twitch.tv slash Pixel Goblins with our friend Forrest. And a week from this Friday, we'll be doing our 12-hour stream. I'll plug it more next week. Uh, we're going to figure out a way to get Griffin on there. I promise. We'll at least try really hard. I'll be in there. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Game Boys. Goodbye. Enjoy the metaverse. You guys enjoy the metaverse. Oh, cool. It's Game Boys in space. (laughs) Who is hiding under my table? It's Griffin. He's got a gun?